Well, if you are anything like me, uh, you are no stranger to an occasional or maybe not so occasional sleepless night. Um, I'm, a, I'm a sleep apnea patient. Um, I've been, uh, uh, I was diagnosed, oh, probably about 10, 15 years ago with sleep apnea, and I went undiagnosed for a long time before that. And so um, I, because of that, I can't remember a time when I could have a good night's sleep unaided. Uh, and in fact, I've had a terrible habit since I was a child, actually, of um, going to sleep, listening to music or, or a video uh, to lull myself to sleep. And uh, all I can say is thank God for a CPAP machine and comfortable earbuds. And I think my wife definitely thanks God for comfortable earbuds so she doesn't have to listen to whatever I'm listening to. <laughs> but even if you don't have my particular sleep problems, um, most everyone has the occasional sleepless night, or maybe not so occasional. And usually that's because we have something on our mind. Something is worrying us. We are, we are anxious about something. Maybe we've encountered an unexpected expense and we're trying to figure out how we're going to fix the budget. Perhaps we're worried over our loved ones who have gone astray from the faith or who are facing illness. Perhaps the various cares of our all-too-busy lives keep on invading our thought lives and rob us of sleep. Whatever the specific case may be, today's gospel uh, reading has both rebuke and encouragement for each of us. So please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 24, Matthew 6, 24. And this can be found in your prayer books on page 211. Page 211. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And of course, that's mammon in the King James. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing. Well, in my Bible, verse 24 is the end of one pericope, one section of the text, and that's titled, Lay Up Treasures in Heaven. And then verse 25 begins a new pericope titled, Do Not Be Anxious. I've mentioned this before, but remember that these, these subheadings, these subtitles, and indeed the uh, chapter numbers and verse numbers themselves are not part of what St. Matthew originally wrote, but were added later on to help us as we navigate the scriptures. That said, I find it very interesting that the teaching against greed so smoothly transitions into a teaching against anxiety. So often the material aspects of life are what causes us anxiety. That is, we're worrying about money, provision, and things. We think that we're masters of our money and of our stuff, but too often, it's actually our masters. We're slaves to them. When we're, we spend most of our lives working to obtain or to keep or to keep up our stuff, right, and our money. And when we're not working for them or working to keep it up, we're obsessing over them in our thought life. You know, I, I fancy myself to be a man who values simplicity, but deep down, I'm just as greedy and covetous as everybody else. 
I don't want to think about how many hours I've spent uh, going over vestment catalogs or musical instrument websites or menswear shops or whatever else, fill in the blank, right? The truth is, the last thing I need is more stuff because I have neither the space nor the money for any of that. (laughs) I'm reminded of one of my favorite preachers, a Presbyterian fellow named Steve Brown um, out of Florida, and his home and his belongings were all completely destroyed in Hurricane Andrew back in 1992. In fact, he says that during the, the, the crisis, during the aftermath, he almost shot one of Billy Graham's grandsons, mistaking him for a looter. He had, uh, his, Billy Graham's grandson, I forget which one, had come by to uh, check on him, and he uh, pulled a gun on the guy, not realizing who he was. <laughs> but but uh, Dr. Brown says that he was surprised by the feeling of relief and peace when he realized he just didn't have stuff to protect anymore. The church fathers have very sharp words against materialism. St. John Chrysostom writes about this passage. He writes, Now Jesus calls mammon here a master, not because of its own nature, but on account of the wretchedness of those who bow themselves beneath it. So also he calls the stomach a god, and that's a reference to Philippians 3.19. Not from the dignity of such a mistress, but from the wretchedness of those enslaved. Well, if that stings a bit, it's supposed to. It stings me, certainly. Jesus is, after all, showing us the truth from God's law in this passage. And God's law always accuses us. But at the same time, I think we should see that Jesus is probably being a little bit kinder here than St. John Chrysostom. Consider the uh, next section, beginning at verse 26. Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Well, the imagery Jesus brings here is almost comical, or at least it's it's, it's childish, childlike. You can almost picture a toddler's little board book uh, with sparrows working on a farm or with flowers working at the spinning wheel or at the loom. The inherent silliness of those pictures is what we're like when we worry and are anxious. It reminds me of when Leah somehow, my daughter Leah, somehow managed to learn the word emergency last week. She spent two days running around the the house calling everything an emergency and a big problem. We've got a big problem, Daddy. (laughs) And the truth is, she she didn't even know, she couldn't identify any actual problems. She just thought it was fun to be in emergency mode. How often are we like that, right? We get this odd sort of satisfaction over worrying. It makes us feel like we're somehow in control. It makes us feel that we're serious people taking life seriously. 
But really, it's just birds riding a tractor. (laughs) Or flowers working in a loom. I imagine Jesus saying, O ye of little faith, with the same sort of mock exasperation that I say to Leah, goodness child. (laughs) The truth is, God has God under control. While we're certainly called by God to be diligent in our various vocations, he is the one who provides. That's a lesson that I have to learn again and again. In my life as a real estate appraiser, the other hat I wear, a lot less silly looking than this hat. Um, In my life as a real estate appraiser, I have been reliant on contract work for, oh, going on about 15 years now. And and so what that means is that I don't have a salary. I, I, as Father Barry likes to say, I have to, uh, I eat what I kill, so to speak. (laughs) Most of the time, I find myself annoyed that there's too much work to come in and it's overwhelming. But when I do actually have some breathing room, I start to worry that there's not enough work coming in. I'm neither grateful most of the time for the work that God has sent, nor the respite from work. Neither grateful for the work or the relief. And through it all, God has to constantly remind me that he's the one in charge. St. John Chrysostom writes, It's clear that it is not our diligence, but the providence of God, even where we seem to be active, that finally accompanies everything. In the light of God's providence, none of our cares, anxieties, toils, or any other such things will ever come to anything, but will all utterly pass away. I don't know about you, but that is a reminder that I need, and very often. Well, let's pick up in verse 31. Jesus says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, one of the marks of following Christ is that we are called to relate to the material things differently than the world. We relate to our material needs differently than the world. The world naturally obsesses over them, takes credit when they're, when they're obtained, and cries foul when they're not obtained. But as Christians, we are to recognize that everything is ultimately a gift from God, sometimes for our comfort but other times for our sanctification. We're called to be a thankful people, content in all circumstances. The world can't be content. The world cannot be at peace. But we have the peace that passes all understanding, as the scripture says. Our priorities are supposed to be different. So it's not so much that we seek first God's kingdom and then we can go seek the other things. You know, number, you know, secondly, but rather it's that we are to make God's kingdom our priority, our highest priority, and realize that he takes care of all the other things. 
Sometimes we think that seeking his kingdom means uh, only the so-called vocational ministry, right? We sometimes think that if you're not a missionary, a clergyman, a monk, a nun, a full-time evangelist, or at least spending all your spare time here at the church, uh, that you're not seeking his kingdom. But nothing could be further from the truth. That, that is not the way things are at all. The truth is most of us are called to our vocations in the midst of the world. And we all do have our respective vocations, our respective callings from God. The key is that we are to remember that our vocations are not an end to themselves. The point of our vocations is ultimately to glorify God, not to simply do our jobs and take home a paycheck, or even do our jobs excellently and take home a paycheck. That's not the point. The point is to glorify God. Sometimes that's really hard to remember And sometimes it's very hard to see how these things we do in our regular life can glorify God. But if you're a Christian, if you are united to Christ by faith and and in baptism, you bring Christ with you. You represent him to your co-workers, to your family, to your customers, to your neighbors. When we think about that, the Holy Spirit will show us how we can use our vocations to glorify God. He'll he'll show us what this looks like. And there is some incredible mercy in Jesus' gentle admonition at the end, all these things will be added to you. Even if we lack in this world, there's a promise of the world to come. And it's not just a recapitulation of Eden. It's not just going back to where we were before the fall. But it's actually a consummation of Eden, bringing things back to what it was going towards before it went off track. Eden wasn't complete yet. We had not uh, been fruitful and multiplied in Eden. We had, and, and there was that possibility of a fall. Well, we're told in the world to come, The fullness of all those that are going to be called to the Lord will be there. And there will be no possibility of fall anymore. We're actually going to be more complete than our first parents were. God's kingdom will be fully established on this earth with the Lord Jesus on the throne. And we will will be doing what we were always meant to do. We will be who we were always meant to be. When we have this in mind, we're actually freed from worry. We're free to live out our vocations for our neighbor's sake and for the glory of God. Because remember, your vocations don't actually do do God any good. It does your neighbor good, right? The Lord doesn't need it. But it does glorify him. We're freed from the burden of anxiety and worry because the success in our vocation is ultimately not up to us. God is always in charge. God always loves you, and he's not going anywhere. And I don't know about you, but that does help me sleep better at night. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may glorify your good works and glorify your, and they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven.